Uh, we have a cool little development here, courtesy of the old pal Ice Universe, Universe Ice on Twitter. He appears to have some information about the upcoming Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Now, of course, Samsung bringing the Ultra name to the Galaxy lineup with the S20, and so it would only make sense for it to exist with the Note series also. Now, this is a, it's a bit of a strange leak because you're looking at these images. I mean, really fancy, nice-looking images. That's one of the things that Mr. Universe has become famous for is his wallpapers. I don't know if you knew that. Hey, Ice, where do I get the wallpaper? It's funny. You could post the coolest phone in the world and people will say, what about the wallpaper? But that's, you know, that's fine. It's hard to find a nice wallpaper. He also disables the logos so you really right. get a sense for the screen. But... The, the the thing is that this leak is more about specs than the images because he's really using the previous generation Note to illustrate. He does That's not a Note 20 Ultra, obviously. Uh, but some people, I think, might may have misinterpreted this. Even some of the articles I've read might not necessarily know that what he's showing off is not correlating necessarily to the spec list that he posts in the leak. Nonetheless, still interesting because, of course, we're curious about the upcoming specs and when we're talking about the note 20 ultra we're going to be moving up to the snapdragon 865 plus but probably the more interesting spec for me is qhd plus along with 120 hertz at the same time and that's something i've actually been using on the one plus eight pro and was kind of mad that on the previous mad imagine me angry sitting over there Complaining, I will, I need to have my my 120 hertz and my QHD plus. Yeah. That's right. Less. Yeah, what kind of a weirdo demands such a thing? But anyways, I don't know. It's just oh, we're we're, we're definitely spec chasing at this point mm -hmm. in the smartphone. Uh, We've had it too good. Evolution. Yeah, we 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 have it. We have it really good. It's. I remember early days. PC marketing when Intel used to put the Pentium uh, sticker and it was all about gigahertz. Mm. I mean, that's not even that early days. That's that's fairly recently. And you, you were hunting some gigahertz number, whether or not you were necessarily going to take advantage of it. And then we found out at a later date, oh, it's not all about clock speed. And the same thing happened in cameras. It was megapixel hunting until we figured out, oh, it's not all about megapixels. And certainly with displays, there's an argument that after or beyond a particular resolution, some people will say, I don't need it. It's not worth it. I can't see it. But if you look closely, you can. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Beyond, it's we're still, I think that there are different spec marketing categories where you get to a point where the marketing figure or number is beyond what you can really perceive or at least the returns have diminished substantially we had this experience the other day gaming at 240 hertz hmm. and 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 i'm saying to you will are you noticing a difference beyond 144 hertz and you're saying ah not really but the hardware is there it's capable so there's kind of a why not and you know there's some dude out there who's just racking up the kd ratio who no, who notices some kind of minute difference and so now you have the spec and i'm kind of in that camp when it comes to resolution where i understand in daily use at a regular arms distance 
QHD plus at 120 hertz is really not that important. But it's one of those things, once you pick it up in your eyeballs, you're like, hmm, that's some nice resolution right there. And so that's where we're at here. QHD plus 120 hertz for the upcoming Note series, at least in the ultra designation, which will match up well to what I'm used to currently with both things enabled on the OnePlus 8 Pro. Though I should mention from personal experience here, there is a, a diminishment in battery life, obviously. It's the reason probably that Samsung uh, didn't have it as an option on the S20 Ultra, assuming more people would prefer the, the battery life. And it's the same thing here on the OnePlus. I think it even warns you, hey, what you're about to do is going to diminish your battery life. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a heavy... It's a heavy setup. I mean, even on this laptop, for example, with the GPU, often it wants to revert to the integrated Intel GPU by default within Windows to save battery. I'm like, nah, I want the Max. Give me the Max, even though I'm just reading news. Yes. <laughs> uh, some other features here, LTPO display, new camera functionality, and new S Pen features. Apparently, the... Uh, the hole punch cutout is going to get even smaller on the front. This is one of my favorite designs in a smartphone. It is so simple. It's obviously very safe. It is the most just straight up rectangle thing you could imagine with symmetry where they place the camera and those, and those tiny little minor bezels are actually expected to shrink as well. I think elsewhere within his thread, he mentions such a fact. According to the current data... Note 20 Ultra compares to the Note 10 Plus. The bezel on both sides are narrowed by 0.29 millimeters. The forehead and, and chin together narrowed a total of 0.4 millimeters. Dude, there's not much forehead and chin there to begin with on the Note 10 Plus. So imagine shrinking that a, a further 0.4 millimeters. The whole diameter reduced by one millimeter. The thickness of the fuselage Reduced by 0.3 millimeters. And I know I got fuselage. your attention on the word fuse. Is fuselage. An airplane or? Yeah, fuselage <laughs> refers to an airplane. I don't, I like it. Go get them, Mr. Universe. Use whatever words you want. Who knows? Maybe there is liftoff to be had with uh, the Note 20 mm -hmm. Ultra. Once you get it, you might just, maybe it can fly too, because it can obviously do everything else. Uh, so anyway, exciting times in in the land in Note land. It still remains really the only popular phone that comes with a stylus, so it makes it a significant launch every time around because the stylus heads, the stylus enthusiasts. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's actually pretty nice writing on it with the stylus. I I, I mm -hmm. always feel like I'm going to use it more than I do, but when I do use it, it's kind of nice every mm -hmm. so often. And this is, I like options, and this is one of the unique options because of the existence of that stylus. So the next version will definitely have my attention. Either way, speaking of new phones coming up, there's this OnePlus Z. I don't know if you heard about it, read about it. It was going to be called the OnePlus X, OnePlus 8 Lite, possibly. Now, oh, then the OnePlus Z, and now the rumored name is Nord by OnePlus. I'm trying to figure out this naming. I know OnePlus has done well in some of the Nordic countries. Can't remember if it was Sweden or... But they've they've gotten really in, in, entrenched there and done well from a market share perspective and gotten in with some of the biggest 
telcos in those regions? Are they trying to appeal to that market with the name Nord? Or is it something else completely? I'm not, I'm not certain. But we have some new information uh, which has kind of been built upon by a particular leak in which Max JMB user on a user on Twitter posted S O O O O capital N. This is the source of this of this information. Everything's being derived from that tweet because that user claims to have information about this upcoming device. The capital N said to indicate the Nord naming and the four O's that also happen to look like camera units, mm. supposedly an indication of the fact that this model could have four camera units on the rear side. So it may, what is, I mean, it may, is that, that would be the most cameras OnePlus has put on the rear of a device, four units. And surprisingly, it could be coming in their budget offering, not in their flagship offering now that they make a flagship. So that's kind of strange. This model is apparently, I think they speculated price-wise, estimates ranging from 500 US to as low as 330 US, which would be kind of wild for any OnePlus device. I have to say, oh, I should just, as far as the specs are concerned before my take here, Snapdragon 765G is the rumor at the moment. 48 megapixels, 16 megapixels, two megapixel depth cameras. However, user survey suggests that the device would have a 64 megapixel primary sensor instead. Uh, and, and then a 3D time of flight camera could be in there as well. Uh, up to 12 gigs of RAM, 6.56 inch super AMOLED panel with 90 hertz refresh, 4300 milliamp hour battery and 30 watt fast charging. That would be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. In and around 300 bucks, even, even up to 500 bucks, just because we know OnePlus history, I happen to like their software implementation of Android, uh, their marketing and so on. But why a new brand is the key for me? Because people got upset. Certainly I heard some of it around the OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro content that... They OnePlus had kind of lost its uh, DNA a little bit in going up market and competing with the likes of Samsung at the flagship level and others. And people said, hey, remember where you came from. Remember your whole flagship killer mindset and the budget mindset. And then you say to yourself, okay, so then why do they take that information and then come back not with a OnePlus device, say, for example, OnePlus 8 Lite? which uses the branding and says, hey, we heard you. Right. Why would you come back with a completely different branding, Nord? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to say? Are you trying not to tarnish your new identity as this flagship competitor with the higher profit margins that would come along with occupying that space? Do do you want to make it clear that that's your agenda with OnePlus and now you've got this other brand? There's so many brands. Do we need another brand? Does it potentially also have something to do with the whole with certain markets and sensitivity, potentially political sensitivity around certain names? I mean, I don't have to go into much detail. It's pretty obvious what's going on right now in the world. Mm. That now you get another name out there playing that you can 
sell that name and it's not as affiliated. It's hard to know. It's impossible to know. But given the fact that they went with Nord, I'm probably going to go with my initial speculation, which is where I don't know. I don't know. I personally find it to be, uh, it's not fooling me. So then it's just another name. It's now another name out there in public. I'm going to know who made it. And, and, and I would probably rather it just be under the OnePlus umbrella with some sort of light designation or even... I mean, I even like the name OnePlus Z. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. OnePlus Z. I could see myself already pitching it. I could see myself already making a case for it. I mean, I probably would stick to the flagship level stuff myself, but it's no doubt that that stuff is not the value for money at the moment. So therefore, it's not the best recommendation. That's interesting, being in this business. Oftentimes, the phone I'm using is not necessarily the one I would recommend to a person asking me. I'd say, what's your price? Like, what do you care about? Because cost of performance definitely doesn't live at the $1,000 price point. And Mm -hmm. I think OnePlus knows that as much as we do. Anyway, this is still rumors for the time being. But how do you feel, Will? I should ask you, a Nord by OnePlus subdivision. Are you cool with it? Do you care about it? What do you say? People need to hear from Willie Do as well. I think the name is... uh really off they should call it like a light right or if if it's a the regular phone they just call it a plus and then make that like the nord phone just like a one plus nine or something you know what i mean well they can't they can't go above their current flagships it would be in the eight lineup still and they already are you saying they screwed up with the eight this should have been the eight and then the eight pro should have been the flagship one and the yeah. eight should have been a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you on that. It's they just were, the naming. They were a little close in pricing and in features, and a lot was interchangeable between the two, mm-hmm. the eight and the eight plus. I mean, beyond scale and obviously the one twenty hertz thing. But this, if you look at this spec list, looks really similar, minus the chip going down to the Snapdragon eight seven sixty five. But if you were going to have three, then maybe you got to do what the other manufacturers are doing, where they have the Plus and the Ultra. Right. And that's what everyone else is doing. I think it's better than Nord. It's just <laughs> such an off name. I know. And now you have to build a whole different brand. Mm-hmm. I can just picture myself in a video. Today, we're looking at the Nord by OnePlus. It's like, what? It feels painful already. But anyways, I don't know, man. Marketing departments, they probably have some good reason for it. Maybe. And, and that we may not be aware of. We had to always leave a little bit of space open to the fact that, hey, as outsiders over here, we're pointing and poking. Yeah. We don't necessarily Maybe have... We don't know. We don't have all the intel. And that goes for anything you talk about or think about, for that matter, on the internet in 2020. You got to leave a little room for, maybe I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe there's more to the story because there often is. There always is. Not often is. There's always more to the story. You got a lot of people marching around 2020, acting like they got everything figured out. They got all the details. Well, that's only what they hear is they they read the headlines and that's it, you know? Yeah, they, them, not us. (laughs) No, everybody's everybody's susceptible to it. A lot of it is the mechanics of how the social media operates and what travels furthest. You're looking for statements and hard facts and but the truth is, is, is uh, it's always more nuanced. It's always more 
and 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 that part of it doesn't get advertised to you very often. You don't see hear that very often. So I'm just putting a little bit of it in there, out there, into the universe. Whatever. Do your thing. Uh, Twitter rolled out a new feature. Speaking of social media and what works and doesn't work, I do not understand this feature. To be honest with you, now I am not going to complain about having an extra feature. Sure, go for it. Um, I'm curious to see if somebody can come up with the killer functionality or reason for it, but it is it has really illustrated or illuminated to me because of social media just how use used to the visual audio combination I am in the age of YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Like when are you on the internet looking at a screen, listening to audio without a video? Never. Mm -hmm. Did I even say what this feature was, by the way? Well, they can read it. The feature is the new audio-only feature on Twitter. Yes. And a couple people got excited or at least posted about it. Who knows uh, why or when, what the background story was of on them posting as soon as the feature became available. But you have I Am Cardi B, Liz Fair, John Legend, Lil Nas X, Zed, Lin-Manuel, and Jimmy Fallon who had my favorite of the bunch. I listened to all of these audio posts when I was reading the article here. Uh, I, you can, how long can you upload, or how long can your audio clip be? I'm not really sure. They range in this particular uh, series of examples from 27 seconds up to Jimmy Fallon's where he lets it run for over a minute. And Liz Fair puts a song on there at 2 minutes and 19 seconds so we can play let's play a little bit of the jimmy fallon clip here hey everybody oh you can play you can play a little bit of the jimmy fallon clip no you can't so i'm gonna play this a little jimmy bit fallon, and this is my first audio tweet for twitter um just want to remind you to watch the tonight show tonight we have sean penn dr robin D'Angelo. he sounds nervous for some reason maybe oh, and musical guest weezer is part of the act like it's a funny I'm here on this new feature kind of thing. Tonight, NBC, Tonight Show. Wow, it's here. I got a lot more room here to talk. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. Thought it'd be faster, maybe. Thought they'd cut me off. Um, wow, this is almost like a podcast. Um, of course, if I had one, I had more things planned. So basically what happens is the individual's uh, profile picture is kind of pulsating with a graphic while the audio plays. And if you, if Will can get one to play, he can show you what that looks like because you don't see my screen, obviously. But it's a, uh, you would probably pay attention to it, but you would still wonder why there's no video. For me, my brain starts imagining what the person there, there's the, what the graphic looks like. I start thinking the worst. Twitter. Um, just want to remind you to watch Tonight Show tonight. I think. I think if you're not if you're not turning on the camera on purpose and it, and using this feature intentionally, going out of your way to select the audio only, you probably look terrible in that moment. <laughs> I have to fill in the gaps yeah. and think to myself, why are you not just if you have this update or this announcement, then why are you not just pointing the front facing speaker uh, or the front facing camera at yourself? Mm -hmm. And so obviously. Uh, he might look great. He might be in great shape. He might 
and just said to himself, I don't care to point a camera at myself. And I don't mind that either. Pointing a camera at yourself is kind of weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. And certainly you listen to uh, the the song that Liz Fair uploaded. Maybe she doesn't want to have a camera facing her. Maybe it's more, you can be a little bit more, maybe other elements can benefit from the fact that you're not staring at a camera, which you're doing so much on social media. I don't know. But anyways, it's a new feature. You test it out for yourself. You tell me why it's the killer feature or you tell me why it's a weird thing that you'll never use. I personally, if I had to bet at this point, I think it will not be that popular. Mm. I think it'll do, it'll be like some social media features which emerge get some use early on because it's a new and cool thing. If you listen to Cardi B's post, that's kind of, you know, it's novelty. Here's a new thing. You never saw this feature before, but then it's just, it seems odd for me as a user as to why it's mm -hmm. not a video to go with the audio. Yes. And I, I think, completely agree, yeah. I think this is kind of like, I remember a story about SoundCloud when there was a SoundCloud clip that was going viral. And it was some kind of a phone call, a tech support type of phone call. And it went viral. People were actually sharing an audio-only clip. But when you, if you want to get an audio clip viral, an audio clip to, to kind of reach further than a video clip, it ha I think it has to have attributes where it's just the best you could get. You can imagine a phone call or a... 911 call or something where you're willing to accept it because you understand that that moment would not be suitable for a camera. But otherwise, you don't see viral SoundCloud clips for the most part. Obviously, SoundCloud, if you're on SoundCloud, if you're listening to a song, but the metrics typically, you're going to have a video for big time numbers, mm -hmm. like the Takashi 6ix9ine music video. The audio-only version will get some some views going, but you combine the audio and visual worlds, and now you're talking about, I don't know, 150 million. What is that video at now? Uh, which one? You don't have to watch two. the video to in order to see the view count, but his big, the latest one, which did like 50 million in, is some crazy figures. It's 362 million is what the the big video is at currently his 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 first upload out of the thing it was just it was all over trending 362 million one month ago now the audio only on the other hand did i don't know not that many anyway i don't care i'm not even complaining audio features uh an extra feature on twitter why should i complain hmm. i shall not complain hmm. go for it but i don't expect to use it all that much i think music artists makes the most sense yeah music artists they want to share track. a track they don't have a yeah. visual to go with it they want to share something they're working on now i'm starting to see it i almost convinced myself when i brought the soundcloud component i'm like oh yeah wait mm -hmm. it's audio only sometimes you got no video to go with your audio it happens you could do some raps it happens you know you talking about me yeah the old lou later yeah nah he's dead drop a beat he's dead you need to he needs resurrection uh speaking of new stuff last of us part two man you have just been you will not stop talking about this particular thing you went on a whole rant a whole rant and possibly even a rave prior to us filming today 
or hitting the record button. I see a big spoiler logo. Oh I found this video. <laughs> well, first of all, it was on trending this morning. I personally have no idea what's going on with this game. I know you were such a fan of the first one. Mm -hmm. And you told me, Lou, if you're going to play a game, play this game. Because I don't play that many games, as many as I'd like. But a story mode and in-depth and, 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 and Naughty Dog, because I liked the Uncharted back yes. in the day. And so you had my attention. And I was at least paying enough attention to notice the launch of this part two which I saw on trending this morning for some weird reasons, a bunch of un, uh, reasons I didn't expect for people to be talking about it. Uh, and that led me to this particular graphics comparison because I noticed that the graphics on this thing for seven-year-old hardware, I was thinking to myself, man, that's, that's an achievement. Mm -hmm. And the IGN posted this graphics comparison 2017 when we first saw or got a preview of the up i mean they've been working on they work on these games for years will mm -hmm. tremendous amount of effort and energy so they first showed off 2017 paris games week and now here we are in 2020 we have the actual game and you can do this comparison and you see what happens in the lighting the textures the sweat the liquid the rain Everything has been improved. I mean, very intense, very, very intense, violent. very intense game. You might want to pause that. Yeah, very, very intense game, I will say. But if you are one of these, uh, if you're an individual, you like to analyze the graphics, you like to see the pro the progression of the medium. Essentially, uh, this is a real, uh, at least from a technical perspective, technological perspective, it's an achievement. To, to, to be able to pull that much out of that old hardware in that period of time that you were working, it's, it's really uh, a, a testament to, to attention to detail, mm -hmm. to, uh, to the incredible, tedious, I mean, just, that's where I'm at. Yes. I know you're elsewhere on this topic, but that's where I'm at. I just appreciate the energy. People are mad at the story. People are mad at the company. Mm -hmm. uh, people are mad at elements within the game. People are mad about sequels often anyways mm -hmm. because they, they have to uphold this high standard and you got your super, you got your mega fans who have expectations. Mm -hmm. And the first one was obviously a hit, I suppose, in 2013. Oh, yeah. And they've been, the people have been bombing the, the Metacritic. I know nothing, Will. And so, therefore, since you, you, you love this topic so much, I know you want to say something. Just be careful because it's intense out here. No, I mean, uh, the first one was a really great game. You said it yourself. It's like uh, uncharted kind of territory where it is like a story. Um, great story. Really dark um, this one I heard is even darker. It came out today, actually. And uh, a lot of great reviews, I would say. At least for... From the critics. From the critics, yeah. The user reviews, the terrible. Audience, uh, it's just... Isn't that weird that you can have that level of discrepancy? It's weird, yeah. Like, what what is the significance of a site like Metacritic when there's such a discrepancy? How do you process that as a... Do you care more? I don't, you, I, like I said, I don't get to game as much as I'd like. 
do you care more about the critic rating or the user rating? That's a good question. I have no idea. I, uh, I'd like to have both and then consider it. Usually it's around the same. If it's around Maybe the same... Maybe the audience is a little bit lower. I guess I'm talking in this example because usually, yeah, you would expect it would be close. But this one is so far off. The user score is a 3.4 and the meta score is a 95. Yeah, I think there was a lot of history going into this uh, launch of the game that the audience maybe had like a bad taste in their mouth. But overall, I think uh, it turned out to be a good game. I have to, you know. You haven't played it well. I know, but like just knowing the production, I've been following it for years, um, seeing it where it's been, like it's it's gonna be an amazing game so in terms of user score there were 9841 ratings putting it at a 3.4 the meta score of 95 had 94 separate critic reviews so it is a massive range there in how the users feel now granted i suppose like if i do a score as a user i can go anywhere from zero to ten and if you get enough zeros really angry people that can drive the score down substantially. But it, I'm genu uh, genuinely curious, and I should ask the audience of gamers that are watching, do you tend to put more merit into the user score or are you more inclined to look at the critic review in determining whether or not uh, a game is worth your time or worthwhile? And then also, when it comes to this game, are you going to give it a shot? Metacritic, it's a Metacritic must-play. And yet people are super mad. Look, there's a lot of reasons that people are mad. But it does get kind of squirrely and weird when you're reviewing a game. How much do you, If you're reviewing the game, in other words, start to finish my experience with the game, you're not reviewing the company. You're not reviewing uh, some of their practices. You're not reviewing the, whether or not Sony censored it or didn't censor it. You're not reviewing any of those external yeah. things. Yeah. Should those external factors come into consideration when you're reviewing the game? Hmm. That's hard. It is hard, yeah. It's like when you're trying to review, let's say you review a, a, a music artist. Are you reviewing who they are in real life? Are you reviewing their political uh, positions are you reviewing their past behaviors are you reviewing their criminal past i'm there's always a backstory yeah there's always more to it or are you reviewing the art the piece of art independent of that or maybe it's always both but it's an interesting uh thing to think about i looking at this here it would strike me as the critics Again, they're connected to the industry. They're, they're all tied up and tied in, so it's hard. But I would assume if you're a good critic, you're going to spend most of your time strictly in the game world and, and maybe taking into less consideration those external factors. But you're reading through here. Look how many zeros you're getting from, from the uh, users. Zero, 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 zero. It's insane. It's intense. Of course, I don't know who's right or right. I don't have a, I don't have a horse in the race. I'm telling you. But maybe I'll get maybe I'll get the game a shot. I don't know. 
I don't know when I'm going to have the time, but if I did, if I had some gaming time right now, this would be close to the mm. thing I would try out. Like personal game, just alone gaming mm. time. I don't know. Whoever has that, I'm jealous of, by the way. Mm. People are looking at me right now. They're like, Lou, you can do whatever you want. Can I? I don't know. I don't know who can. I don't know. Anyway. This one, so many people sent this particular uh story to me it is weird that it's making no it's not weird that it's making the rounds it's just an, an old thing that has bubbled back up because of recent events that have happened in the world hey siri i'm getting pulled over this is a feature where uh through through voice and quickly you can have your device take a number of steps i believe it's 18 total steps to uh, essentially start recording a, an interaction that you're about to have after being pulled over. Now, it uses iOS shortcuts, which is a thing that's been around for a really long time, but maybe it never had that functionality to drive a lot of people to actually use it. Mm -hmm. There obviously is a user base, but th th there needed to happen certain world events for people to get excited about shortcuts and particularly one shortcut to send it to me and for a bunch of different websites to cover it. The next time you get pulled over for speeding or committing any other kind of traffic infraction, you can use an iOS shortcut on your iPhone to covertly record your interaction. Uh, what will it do? It will, it says it in here, 18 actions. It will immediately begin to record with your front-facing camera, dim your phone to 0% brightness, Pause any music or sounds playing in the background. Turn off Do Not Disturb and send your pinpointed location plus the recording to one of your emergency contacts. Wow. Now, again, once you dive into the shortcuts, uh, the shortcuts app and you start to look through the various, uh, what are they? Are they plugins? Uh, duh, 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 duh. What do they call them? It's a shortcut. It's called a shortcut within the shortcuts app. So there are various pre-existing pre shortcuts you can download and shove straight into the shortcuts app. But essentially, it's a device-based integration that actually on Apple has an advantage on because it's a, because of the software-hardware integration that through voice through Siri, you can do hardware-level things, lots of hardware-level things. Like, imagine that voice command triggering that variety of hardware-based events. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not new. This thing came out in 2018, and now, because of recent events in the world and the, the, the law enforcement coming under tremendous scrutiny recently, you have a resurgence and a bunch of uh, news picking up on it and the user, or sorry, the developer himself getting all kinds of inbound communication about, hey, well, uh, tell me more about your shortcut. Not even a dedicated app, it's just a shortcut. Hmm. But still, I think it's, it, it's obviously bubbling up because it's interesting to a number of people. If you want to get it for yourself, uh, you have to make sure to install the shortcuts iOS app. You might not have it at the moment. And you're going to need iOS 12 or later. Then you can download the I'm getting pulled over shortcut. 
you go into your settings shortcuts and you will switch on allow untrusted shortcuts to on because this is a developer a third-party independent developer based shortcut so it's a pretty powerful it's a pretty powerful thing shortcuts in general mm -hmm. in the world it's like you start talking about the if this then that stuff you can yes. it can trigger a programming yay for programs yes. yay for programs but Very cool. this is more about this is more about a headline than a functionality because like i said been around since 2018 people are just curious about it for other reasons at the moment uh we look at we looked at the trending page of youtube and maybe you can head to that trending page right now because i scrolled down a little bit before selecting selecting the video that i was going to talk about we have shane dawson is back at the top of trending with three million views in 19 hours we have a breakup video we have real madrid is back probably with their fake audience i would guess and that clip obviously caused you problems willie do on the, on the last time we talked about it la liga they got rules we have young boy never broke again one shot featuring Lil Baby official audio. Speaking of audio only clips, they could use the Twitter audio only and publish it there as well, mm -hmm. presumably. We have Blackpink. They are there twice with their concept teaser videos. Very short, 12 seconds. To imagine being that famous, Will, that you can post two separate 12 second videos to YouTube. They are concept teaser teaser videos and both of them are in trending in prominent location mm. yeah imagine what that would feel like well yeah it's I, another I day in the imagine. office i'm not that pretty shout out to blackpink yeah shout <laughs> they do great work <laughs> shout out to blackpink uh but anyways i scrolled down a bit further because uh will actually identified and told me to scroll down a bit further to find how the apple watch ejects water in slow-mo Slow-mo guys back with an up upload. Well, slow-mo guy because we're, we only have half of the slow-mo guys because of uh, travel restrictions. But this is a cool clip here in which a probe lens is used to get very close to the grill of an Apple Watch to show off just how much water can be ejected by the Apple Watch in the event that it becomes saturated by water it has a certain type of lockdown mode in which if you take the apple watch into a wet environment <laughs> like go for a swim for example uh it will lock the display so that you don't have any uh, uh touch input temporarily until you run this ejection process and in order to initiate this ejection process you will touch the crown on the apple watch it will suggest you do so in order to get your touchscreen back the speaker within the apple watch will then vibrate in a certain way to uh, maximize its ejection potential and shoot the water out of the speaker grill now that doesn't maybe doesn't sound that amazing but when you watch this back with enough frames in slow enough motion. Well, as you know, Will, pretty much everything looks amazing. Mm -hmm. 
uh, given given that set of criteria. And this watch is no different. It actually shoots out a tremendous amount of water. And you, you're, you can really pick up on it when you slow things down. In this case, I don't know how many frames per second he was capable of getting. Was it in the thousand, thousands? Probably. Somewhere around there because... Filmed at 1,000 FPS and 2,000 FPS. 1,000 and 2,000 FPS on the Phantom Flex camera. Those cameras are incredible. Who knows, Will? Maybe one day we'll, we can get one of those. What do you oh, think? Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll get ourselves our very own Phantom Flex and God knows what we'll do with it. But as I mentioned, everything looks amazing. So maybe we'll get ideas like this and uh, eject some water, or we can leave it to the slow mo guys because they do do a yeah. great they do a great job of it as well. I actually uh, played giant shuffleboard with the, both of the slow mo guys. Oh yeah, at, at one of the YouTube creator summits in New mm. York, when the world was a much different place, mm. and uh, both re uh, really cool guys. So there you have it, uh, another slow mo guys upload, and it's in trending. So shout out. 3 million views, June 18th, number 18 on trending. Not quite Blackpink status, but not far off as far as I'm concerned. There's, a, there's enough space in the world for two Blackpink videos and one Slow Mo Guys video and one Shane Dawson video and one breakup video and basically the trending page, which never ceases to surprise and amaze me. Now I'm going to go play The Last of Us Part 2. I'm not. <laughs> yeah.